0: An insight came to me the other day, just going through the Old Testament and reading about the Israelites. And it was, it's about the golden calf, that the Israelites are in the desert and Moses is up on the mountain. They don't know where Moses is. And so they ask Aaron, Moses's brother, to make a golden calf for them. And when Moses confronts Aaron later on, Aaron says, well, the people gave me gold, and I threw it on the fire, and out came a calf. That was his excuse. Now, of course, he he forged it himself. And so you may look down upon Aaron. Aaron, how could you do that? How could you make a golden calf? Yet later, when Moses erects the, the Ark of the Covenant and the tent and the feast days that we have here, Aaron who was a sinner who made the golden calf, is chosen as a priest, as not just a priest, the high priest, to offer sacrifice for his own sins and the sins of Israel. And it really struck me that God chose a weak man, Aaron, who made the golden calf, to be his priest, to offer sacrifice to God and to intercede for his people. That is why never judge a priest. Never judge a priest. Never judge who God is choosing to be a priest. Because God may be choosing the worst sinful man to be a priest, a man who makes a golden calf for the people or idols. So never judge who God is choosing to be a priest and God could choose anyone to be a priest, even a weak man. You think of the 12 apostles and the 12 apostles, they were weak men. You know, they were fishermen, one was a tax collector. They were weak men. And yet God still chose them to be priests. And even after The apostles, you know, they ran away during the Passion. They were afraid only one of them was before the cross. Even after the Passion, on Easter Sunday, Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on them, and he says to the apostles, whose sins you shall forgive shall be forgiven them. Whose sins you shall retain shall be retained. That's the institution of the sacrament of confession. He gave it to his weak priests to absolve sins. At that point, Jesus could have chosen the women to be priests. That's what we say about women priesthood. That if Jesus wanted women to be priests, the women were more holy than than the men. Totally admit that. Women have always been more holy than men over history. I totally admit that as a man. And Jesus at that moment could have chosen his own mother, could have chosen Mary Magdalene, could have chosen Martha and all the Marys that were beneath the cross to be his priests. He could have said, "You apostles, you ran away, you blew it. I'm not going to give you this grace to forgive sins." But yet he didn't do that. Jesus gave these weak twelve apostles, or it was eleven at that time, the power to forgive sins because they knew, because he knew that they were that they were weak, and that they would be able to empathize with the weakness of the people that would come to them. And so we have this, this great institution of the priesthood, and we have St. John Vianney, who's the patron saint of parish priests. What can we learn from the life of St. John Vianney? The, fir- the first thing that you have to see is that saints evangelize future saints. So if if you look at like the history of Christianity where saints went to and the regions that they went to and then those regions, the the people are inspired with their faith and then they raise up new saints. So it was St. Louis de Montfort who is evangelizing all over France. It was in the region that St. John Vianney was born and St. Louis de Montfort had preached the gospel to this region. And so the people were rock solid in their faith when the French Revolution came. And people even died for their faith in many of these regions that St. Louis de Montfort had preached and evangelized. And it was in this region that St. John Vianney was born. And he and he was he was born right as the French Revolution was beginning, as a child. And so it was illegal for the priests to celebrate Mass, so priests used to come to his home secretly, and he used to see these priests coming, coming there and celebrating Mass secretly in their homes and giving them the sacraments. It inspired him to see these priests willing to give their lives, willing to die to give the people the sacraments. And this is what he grew up with. This is what inspired him to become a priest. And the seminary, St. John Vianney, was, he was a man of prayer. He was a man of penance. He did a lot of penance in the seminary. He, he was even trying to outdo like his, his masters and the penance that he would do but he was not a man of books he was a man of prayer and penance not a man of books he he was he was not intelligent he was not very smart you could say and at that time everything was in latin the classes were in latin the the mass was in latin everything was in latin and just it, it, it was hard for him to you know to learn latin just to learn the language and then to do math. So he, he didn't do well on his, his exams. He, he basically failed them, but the professor saw, you know, how he was a man of prayer. And they saw he, he couldn't get the Latin, but he was still a man of prayer. And so they wanted him to be a priest, but, you know, he didn't have the intellectual knowledge of it. And so they helped him with the Latin. He, he eventually learned enough Latin to celebrate the mass. And they eventually gave him like an oral exam in his own language in French, and he passed it. So they ordained him a priest. And when he became a priest, he was assigned to a small town named Ars. And more people went to the bar than to the church. More people were at the pub, at the bar, drinking and dancing, and everything else. And he noticed that the morals of his parish were deplorable. And so he he tried preaching to the people. He tried all he could, and no one would come to church. And so people were working on Sundays. And so St. John Vianney, he said one thing. He said, you know, if you don't know what to do, and like the Mars of your parish, people aren't going to church. He said, then you have to pray. And so he went before the Blessed Sacrament and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And he prayed for his parishioners, he prayed for his people. He was praying with tears and sighs for hours before the Blessed Sacrament, hours and hours before the Blessed Sacrament. And then he, he kept going to the pub. He, he, he kept inviting the people. And one day he, he said to the owner of the pub, he said, one day this pub is going to close down and all these people are going to be going to church. It was a prophecy. And so he was a man, first of all, of prayer, of great love for the blessed sacrament. And then they, they described his first homily, he was so nervous in preaching, you know, preaching can be very nerve-wracking, public speaking can be ner- very nerve-wracking, that he wrote his whole homily down, one of his first homilies, and he was like this, he was shaking during his first homily, and he didn't, he didn't want people to see his face, so he hid his face behind the paper, and he was shaking like this, and he was just reading. But because he was a man of prayer, when he put the paper down, he looked up, and there were tears in the people's eyes. Even though maybe he wasn't a great orator, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, was still working through him because he was redeemed. There's still the power of the priesthood that was there. And so he began to give instruction to the people, began giving instruction to the children, began catechesis, and he began his work in the confessional. And he was a great confessor. And and if you ever see a a picture of his confessional, it kind of looks like our confessional. It's a little box. I call it the penalty box. You know, like in hockey, you're in the penalty box. There for hours and hours and hours. And thank God we, we have air conditioning now in our confessional. He didn't have air conditioning. He spent 11 hours in the wintertime in the confessional. And then he was spending up to 16 hours in the confessional in the summertime. People were coming from all over to go to confession to the cure of ours. Probably because one of the things that he did, he always gave simple penances. He never gave harsh penances He always gave simple penances. He always said, I give a simple penance to a penitent, and then I do the rest. That that was his philosophy. So maybe it was because he gave simple penances and people went to him. Who knows? Who knows what it was, but people were attracted to him. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of fasting. He was fasting so much that he was ruining his health, and finally his doctor gave him a prescription, one potato and one glass of milk. And that was like his meal for almost for the rest of his life. And he, and he lived to a, uh, you know an older age because of that advice. He was a, a man also that had the gift of miracles, of healing, But he would always attribute it to St. Philomena, his patron saint. He had a great love for St. Philomena. So even priests can have a great love for different patron saints to help them. And he always attributed every miracle to his patron saint, St. Philomena. Eventually, there were so many people coming to his parish for both mass and confession. And yes, the bar did shut down. (laughs) The pub did shut down. That there were other parish priests in the region that were becoming envious and jealous of St. John Vianney because all their parishioners were going to him. And of course, he was getting the collections. So, of course, they were jealous. And so they started accusing him falsely of, of different things. And eventually, it reached the ears of the bishop. And then the bishop sent a, a delegate from the chancery to go and investigate. And eventually, all the other priests they conspired against Saint John VNA and they and they wrote like a you know a, a paper a letter to the bishop saying all the things that he was doing wrong, and all the priests signed it. And so when the delegate came from the Chancery to St. John Vianney's parish. And he wanted to transfer St. John Vianney, and St. John Vianney was so humble that he wanted to be transferred also. And so when, when the delegate came and he saw all these people and he, he said, there's nothing wrong here, he said. And so he finally met with St. John Vianney and he said, do you realize all these parish priests, these, they're accusing you of this and this and this. And he showed him the paper, that all the parish priests had signed, accusing him of one thing after another. And St. John Vianney said, let, let me see that paper, and he saw it, and he took a pen and he signed his own name to the paper. He was so humble. And of course, the bishop's delegate saw all these accusations as false, as envious, je- jealousy. And so when he went back to the bishop, he said, There's nothing wrong here. And so they kept him in ours, thank God. St. John Vianney also experienced many trials and temptations with the devil, many sufferings with the devil. Matter of fact, he hardly got any sleep because the devil kept going after him at night. He was in these fights with the devil. And people that would hear his room would hear banging and crashing and everything else, and the devil would would whip him, yell at him, and scream at him because of all the souls he was taking from him. When when it got really bad, one night, St. John Vianney came out, and all these people heard all this commotion. And St. John Vianney said, there must be a big fish coming tomorrow. And he knew it, too. He said, there must be a big fish on their way to ours. That's coming, a big sinner. That's coming for confession. that's why the devil was after him. The devil once said to St. John Vianney, he said, if there were four, just four priests like you in the world, my kingdom would end. Just four priests like you in the world, my kingdom would end. Would end. And so St. John V.A., he lived a holy life. And all the collections that he got from the people, he never used it for himself. He was always humble and poor. He would always say, Nothing for me, but everything for God. And so he took the money and he tried to make the most beautiful church as possible so that the people could come in and experience God and worship. Isn't it great to have beautiful church architecture, something that lifts our minds and our hearts to God? And so he would spend all the money for God, nothing for himself. He lived a poor, humble, simple life, and people were inspired by this humble priest to give them the sacraments, to give them everything that they needed for the nourishment of their spiritual life. And that's why he's the patron saint of parish priests. Here's some quotes that St. John Marie Vianney says on the priesthood. He says, oh, how great is the priest. If he realized what he is, he would die. And some quotes say he would die of joy. He said, if we had faith, we would see God hidden in the priest, like a light behind glass, like wine mixed with water. Without the priest, the passion and death of our Lord would be of no avail. Sometimes all we do is criticize, but we don't realize that the sacraments come to us through the priests. You need the priest to receive the sacraments. So I'd be good to your priest, pray for them, even a priest maybe that is not living a good life, a holy life and tell it to the Lord, pray for that priest. Don't criticize him, but rather pray for him that he may convert, that he may turn back to the Lord with all of his heart, mind and soul and give you and be able to give you the sacraments. Priests today are under a lot of pressure Some of them are running three parishes. Some of them are running four parishes. It's very difficult. There's very few priests in the world, very few of us in the world. We can only do so much. So be patient. Be kind. Be forgiving. Be forgiving to the priest as the priest forgives you in the sacrament of confession. Keep praying for priests for a priest offers the sacrifice of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ at Mass. It's the greatest offering. In the Old Testament, you had all these different offerings. cereal offerings, wave offerings, wheat offerings. And then you had the blood offerings of the animal. The priest offers you a blood offering that's the greatest sacrifice that you could ever receive the Son of God, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. That is why keep praying for your priests. Keep sacrificing for them. Pray that they will become like St. John Vianney, a priest of holiness, a priest after the heart of Jesus Christ. I'd like to end with a beautiful prayer. This is from the Pieta book. I don't know if you have it. It's a really great book. And it's a prayer for priests, a really beautiful prayer for priests. Keep them, I pray thee, dearest Lord. Keep them, for they are thine, thy priests whose lives burn out before thy consecrated shrine. Keep them, for they are in the world, though from the world apart. When earthly pleasures tempt a lure, shelter them in thy heart. Keep them and comfort them in hours of loneliness and pain. When all their life of sacrifice for soul seems but in vain. Keep them and oh, remember, Lord, they have no one but thee, yet they have only human hearts with human frailty. Keep them as spotless as the host, that daily they caress their every thought and word and deed, deign dearest Lord to bless. Amen. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keepin' It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you.
1: Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, Dot .org that's micprayers.org thank you and god bless you